Blog Talk Radio. Hi, and welcome to The Art of Film Funding. I'm your co-host, Claire Papan, along with Carol Dean, author of the best-selling book, The Art of Film Funding. Carol is also the founder and president of From the Heart Productions and the host of this show. The the grassroots nutrition movement inspired by the documentary Plant Pure Nation has helped foster a growing community of whole food, plant-based eaters. Key to its success has been the inspiring and delicious recipes of the Plant Pure Organization's director of culinary education, Kim Campbell. In 2015, her first cookbook, The Plant Pure Nation, helped change the way people view the food that they put into their bodies. And now she has even more incentive recipes in The Plant Pure Kitchen, her new book. And Carol, I understand you have cooked your way through Kim's Plant Pure Nation cookbook, her first one. Yes, I have, Claire, and it looks like it's been on a battlefield. I've cooked almost 70% of the meals in there, and I really thank you, Kim, for coming back to talk about your new book. Oh, I'm so glad to be here, be back with you, you both to talk about it. Thank you. Well, let's start with how the public responded to the first book, and then we'll get to the second. But what about the plant pure nation? I actually was pleasantly surprised at what a great response we had for the first. Um, I'm just going to refer to it as the PPN book, the Plant Pure Nation book. Um, it has gotten great reviews. It's selling steadily. Um, I'm just really pleased with that. But what gives me the most satisfaction is hearing how, it is, how it's changed people's lives and how it's changed their health because that was my primary goal was to be a resource for people as they were on their journey getting healthy. Exactly. People need this information so much. So please uh, tell our listeners more about the concept behind the work you do by teaching and authoring books on how to live with a better diet. Yeah. Um, Play Up Here has really two goals, and, and I'm sort of on one side of it more heavily, and Nelson's probably on the other side, but... The first goal was developing products and services that could help people stay plant-based. And um, we, we have a 10-day jumpstart and a 21-day jumpstart. So we provide food for people, which I'm a big part of the, developing the recipes for that. And my primary focus today is education. So not only providing recipes, but educating people around the recipes And we have a great health coach that I work with. Her name is Laura Dietrich, and she does a lot of the educational videos and prezzies. We cover all kinds of topics about salt and sugar, cravings, eating out, reading labels. You name it, we do it. (laughs) But the other um, part of the business, which Nelson's um, very involved in, is trying to develop a grassroots movement to bring this health message to communities so that we, you know, to empower communities to, to get healthier because, you know, Depending on the higher-ups to do that is not always going to happen. So he's got some interesting projects in the works, um, one of which is a social media platform that he's going to use to support some of these local projects. So we have twofold. Um, you know, I'm, I'm more on the, the first side with the re- recipe development and education. 
Um, but but we're always working together. Oh, that's marvelous. Um, I have to say that I have tried your uh, frozen foods, and I loved them. In fact, I gave them for Christmas gifts, and people were so thrilled. Thank you for the food oh. you're making. Well, the food is getting better. <laughs> you know, it, it, again, we, we get a lot of feedback from people, so it's really nice to continuously get that so that we can improve it. And this, this next uh, phase that we have coming out is, I think, a much improved phase, and we also will be adding more new entrees. So hopefully by summertime we'll be up to 20 different meals. Oh, that's marvelous. And you had to get into packaging and everything because it came frozen. And I'm in California, so it came all the way across the United States. It was in perfect condition. Good. Good. That's good to hear. We like to hear that. Amazon's <laughs> going to be selling our food in April, so that'll make things a little bit easier and smoother, hopefully. You know, there's, it's just a, it can be a bumpy road, and you fall down, and you just get back up again. Um, but we've had some great experiences, and we've had some bumps. Um, but I think the food is it's strong right now. I'm, I'm really, really pleased with where we're at. Okay. Well, I first heard about the China study back in the 90s, and uh, at that time I thought this was going to change eating habits all over America, but no one seemed to have paid any attention to it. There was no mention on TV or magazines or anywhere, and I'm wondering uh, what happened in your mind. Why did that just disappear? It was so important for all of us. Right. I I think that uh, the movie addresses this topic, and that is, you know, why why haven't we heard about this and why aren't we hearing about it? Um, I think that the medical community <clears throat> has a responsibility, and I think they're actually moving in that direction, to, you know, to um, prescribe the plant-based diet to people. But, again, it's, it's something that, that hasn't been done. Uh, physicians aren't trained in nutrition. Um, you know, many, you saw that in the films with some of the physicians that we interviewed, had no training in nutrition. So, and it's kind of rare that you go to a doctor and they'll put you on a plant-based diet to cure, you know, maybe diabetes or heart disease or prevent it. But more and more physicians are going in this direction, and that's what's so exciting is to see this change happening. We have met so many um, physicians. We have a cardiologist out in Texas who's prescribing this to his patients, and there's people in, in Florida who are prescribing this and promoting it. Nelson's younger brother is a physician in Rochester, and he promotes it. So it is happening. It's just happening, you know, a little slower than we want it to. But I know my father-in-law is doing a lot of interviews um, and speaking to a lot of medical groups. Good. And I think, I think I see this moving in the right direction. Well, the book you've written really covers uh, what people need to know about what they should add to the kitchen, how to cook without butter, milk, meat, and poultry, and then have delicious meals. Uh, so today I wanted to start with the beginning of the new book, The Plant Pure Kitchen, and enlighten people about the plant-based pantry, uh, items for the beginner. So let's start with some of those items. Right. So I... I I kind of took the same pantry list from the Plant Pure Nation cookbook and consolidated it a little bit for the Plant Pure Kitchen. And what what I like to tell people is to you know stock your kitchen with grains and flours, um, nuts, seeds, nut butters, vinegars, condiments, and I and I give a list of of all those types of vinegars that you're going to need for my cookbook. 
what kind of sweeteners I use. I tend to use a lot of maple syrup, for example. Um, I tend to use a lot of balsamic vinegars, herbs and spices, um, miscellaneous items were things like coconut milk, uh, nutritional yeast flakes, nori wraps like seaweed, um, tomatoes, vegetable stock, and a lot of frozen produce. It's funny because my brother-in-law is not vegan, but he's kind of going in that direction. And he said, once I got all the pantry items, he said, I, you know, it was really easy to cook from this book, but I had to have some of those core things. So, and, you know, I tell people, don't just run out right away and think you've got to buy all of it, but just kind of build on it over time. Right. It's very important because now, you see, um, I was looking for next week to see what I needed at the grocery store, and it was a, a small list because I have all the staples here. Huh? And I can, what is so much fun is that you can change your mind and decide not to cook one item but to cook another recipe, and, and you still have uh, any, everything you need once you're stocked up. Because I love to shop at Trader Joe's, and that's like an hour and a half shopping driving time for me. Uh, I love so, Trader Joe's, too. That's one of my favorite places. <laughs> no, they're so great. But let's talk about your substitute for eggs and oils and butter. Uh, that's really yeah. important for all of us. Sure. Um, you know, for eggs, I, there's three ways you can replace eggs. Um, I use chia seeds and water, um, or you can use flax meal and water, whichever's cheaper or more convenient. And then another one that I just discovered is called aquafaba, which is the bean juice. So if you buy a can of beans, uh, hopefully low-sodium or no-sodium beans, you can use the juice from the beans as an egg replacer. So three tablespoons of bean juice would be equal to an egg. And that works really nice. I, what I do is when I'm draining the beans, I just put them in a little mason jar, stick it in the refrigerator, and it lasts for a week. It's a super easy egg replacer. Well, are you talking green beans or? Um, I'm talking beans like chickpeas, white beans. Um, oh, that kind of uh, beans. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, that's, Pinto that's a, a really black. easy way. A lot of people are talking about aquafaba. And if you whip it, it, it whips up just like um, egg whites. So it has, yeah. it has some of the same properties of egg whites, and it helps with things like cakes and cookies. Um, but as far as a fat replacer, I tend to use applesauce and bananas, pureed fruit, um, sometimes tofu, maybe avocados. I made brownies the other day and didn't have uh, a fat replacer, so I used an avocado, and it came out beautifully. So, you know, just sort of thinking Can outside I... that oil box. Yeah, I have a okay. question about the chia seed. Um uh-huh. I uh, I did uh, I tried that um, a, a few times. I usually I'll add it to soups and all kinds of things. And uh, one of the things that I've noticed when I I tried to use it as a thickener, uh, like what you're describing, and you know, and to you know add it to other recipes in place of eggs, is that um, sometimes these chia seeds do not get gelatinous. They um they just kind of uh stay um just small in their little shells. Oh, and no. I think uh, could that possibly be that they're they're too old because I buy them in bulk. 
That's a really good question. Um, I don't know if I can answer that, but I, I tend to think that there's prob- they're probably old, um, or I, you know, maybe when they harvest them, they too early. I'm not really sure. But what I would do if you have them like that is I would grind them. You can grind them oh. up in a Vitamix or a, even a coffee grinder. In fact, a lot of people don't use whole chia seeds as an egg replacer. They'll grind them up and then add the water. So. That might help a little bit. That's great. Okay. Thank you. Okay, so let's talk about dairy products. You recommend uh, trying a group of plant-based milks. Tell us those. There are so many milks on the market. Um, if you go to Whole Foods, for example, and I, you know, I always hesitate to tell people Whole Foods because a lot of people don't have access to that, and um, but but. To begin with, I think trying a, a variety, they have hemp, they have soy, they have oat, they have, um, I think they have a multi-grain, they have a flax milk. They have a lot of different kinds to try. So when I do a cooking class, I will put out all the milks with little Dixie cups, and they'll just go through and try the one and, and find the one that they like. And then you can order them on Amazon if you don't have a Whole Foods nearby. Um, I tend to like the West Soy soy milk. That's just my preference. And I like almond milks, but everybody has a different preference. Uh, I know some people really like the rice milks. So I I think trying a a variety and finding out what works for you. And then a lot of the mainstream grocery stores carry cashew milk and almond milk and coconut milks, and there's there's a variety to choose from. Well, uh, actually, I just did the cashew. No, I did the almond milk last night. Uh, it is so good. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell us, it's so easy. Tell us that recipe. So, yeah, I was just going to tell you that, that, that one really nice thing that we started doing a lot, because it's just Nelson and I and the kids aren't home, um, we make our own, and I use, it's a one-to-four ratio, so one cup nuts, four cups of water. If you want it a little thicker, you can do three cups of water. And we just put it in the Vitamix and turn it on. And Nelson's not a cook, but he can make soy milk or he can make almond milk really easily. And sometimes I'll put a date in there just to sweeten it a little bit. If you want to put some vanilla extract, you can do that as well. And then you whip it up and then put it in a through a nut bag, and it just strains out all the you know the 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 nut meat. Basically, the nut meat is left behind. I have a problem throwing it out though, and I haven't quite figured out. <laughs> many different ways to use it, but I know you can make crackers with it, and so that's one of my projects I'd like to start working on, is what to do with all of the almond meal that's left over. Well, actually, I didn't have the nut strainer, so I just left the meal in there, and I put that in my tea, and it's delicious, I'm telling Uh you. You know, with cashews, you don't really need to run it through a strainer, because if you blend it long enough, um, you really aren't going to have much uh, residue, so that's that's actually. Did you use cashews or almond milk? Or no, almonds? I used. I did almonds, but I'll try cashews next time. That sounds great. Yeah, yeah, super well, easy to I, do. And uh, one of my favorite recipes is the one where you use the cashews for the sauce on the Alfredo, uh, the vegetarian uh, pasta. Uh, gosh, first you uh, take all your great. Uh, veggies and put them in the oven and bake them, and then you cook the this your pasta, and then you make a quick sauce with the yeah. bullet and almonds. Uh, I mean, sorry, cashews, and it is outstanding. I would never eat 
that again the old fashioned way with the butter and the and the cream and everything this is tastes much better you know carol that that recipe you just described is what i feed my meat eating friends oh <laughs> because oh, they yeah. they're always they're always so pleasantly surprised at what kind of consistency you can get with cashews um it's, it's amazing better than the real thing <laughs> right well uh, first of all, I have to tell you, one of my girlfriends was saying that she'd gone to this posh Hollywood uh, restaurant uh, in Los Angeles, and she's telling me, oh, well, the bill had to be over $100 for just the two of us, and we didn't even have any alcohol. And so I said, what on earth? What is it? She said, oh, it was a delicious menu. These people don't cook with fats and oils. They use nuts, and it was all made with cashews. And I thought, you know what? I... <laughs> $100 will last me almost two weeks in groceries. I am shocked. Yeah. But this is in the consciousness. Now people are starting to say that this is the end thing, so you're right on the wave. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things that, um, that we, and we can talk about this later, but, but you know, we've had a lot of people talking about nuts and should we use them or should we not use them. So it's, it's pretty easy to take a recipe like that, for example, and, and cut the nuts in half and then just add a little uh-huh. bit of cornstarch, and you'll end up getting pretty much the same thing. And I've been playing around with that a little bit um, because we've had so many. Well, you have people with nut allergies, too, so they can't have it at all. But there there are people that really are trying to cut down on their nut consumption. Um, I think it's pretty easy to, to minimize. But I do think nuts are very healthy. <laughs> Oh, yes, please tell us about the health aspects of nuts, because you have it in the book, and I was so happy to see that, because they get a bad rap sometimes, nuts do. They do. I asked my father-in-law, you know, Dr. Campbell, uh, if we could use his article. He wrote an article called Oh Nuts, and addressing (laughs) just this very issue, because there seems to be this um, school of thought out there that we shouldn't have any nuts. But before I even mention what you know what he wrote, I do want to say that in nature, nuts come in shells. They're uh, they're they're not as easy to get as when we go to the grocery store and we see them that they're roasted in oil and salt and they're in buckets and people can eat you know hand to mouth you know pretty easily. That's not really what I'm re- recommending. But not having any nuts at all, I think, would be really cutting your health short. Um, but Dr. Greger also summarizes in his book, How Not to Die, that several studies now suggest that nuts, nuts are beneficial for reducing cardiovascular diseases and other diseases. Um, walnuts seem to have a lot of extra benefits, according to Dr. Greger. Um, my father-in-law says nuts are very nutrient-dense and great sources of fat-soluble vitamins like vitamin E. So, you know, to, to cut yourself short and not eat them at all, um, I, I think you're doing your, your body a disservice. I think that we run into trouble when we put bowls of nuts out. I would run into trouble if I had a bowl of raw cashews because I love cashews. I would be eating them all the time, but I use them for cooking. I use them to make milks with. I use them to make um, creamy sauces, but I don't really eat them hand to mouth. Um, right. Well, I I thank you for that. I am learning so much from your cookbooks. And I have to say that I started to lose weight, you know, and I thought I 
could tell from my clothes that it looked like I was. But then people started saying, oh, what diet are you on? And I'm saying, oh, I'm eating my way through Kim Campbell's cookbook and, and talk about it. And they said, well, it's doing something because, one, you're losing weight and you look good. So uh, that's the side effect of just taking eggs and uh, oils out of your diet. Well, I already had meat out, but I can only imagine for someone who eats a lot of meat and poultry, if they just substituted two of your recipes a week in with their current eating habits, they would immediately see a change in their health. I'm sure of it. And you know what's interesting about what you just said is when, when you use the word diet, people think that, that they're, they're going to be uh, limited and they're not going to be satiated. When, in fact, this diet provides, I don't like to call it a diet because it really is a lifestyle, but I, I think people are so satiated for the first time in their lives they feel like they can eat until they're comfortable and they're not always hungry and thinking about the next meal. I, I find that that people are pleasantly surprised at the results and not feeling like they're starving. They're, they're not limiting themselves. That's right. That's right. Now, back to uh, the book again. Uh, my, another favorite list of yours is the gluten-free alternatives because I've become gluten intolerant, and I'm not alone. A lot of people are now. Mm-hmm. Well, when I wrote the, the second book, The Plant Pure Kitchen, I got a lot of... Um, people asking me if I was going to use, you know, make more gluten-free recipes. Could I make more gluten-free recipes? And it's funny because when I finished the book, my daughter, who actually helped write the book, Whitney Campbell, um, she went through recipe by recipe. She's a wonderful cook, and she really scoured through and told me, Mom, these are mostly gluten-free recipes. And I didn't do that on purpose, but it just sort of happened because we eat more whole foods. We don't eat very many processed foods. I don't eat a lot of flour. So she had the idea that we go through and find all the substitutions for anything that was gluten in my recipes and make a chart. So she was the one who developed that gluten-free substitution chart. Um, Mm -hmm. And I I kept telling her, no, we don't need to do that. I think people will know how to do that. And she said, no, no, we need to do this. So that was that was Whitney's doing. She was um, she was very very persistent about the gluten free thing because she said there's so many people out there that, that can't have gluten. That's right. It really affects your stomach. Well, this is good news. Um, in the Plant Pure Kitchen, you share some of the money saving shopping tips with us. Can we go over a few of those? Mm-hmm. Sure. I you know I I was just at a cooking class in the grocery store. Um, I've, I've done those on occasion. It's kind of fun. One of the things I talked about was planning. It's really, really important to plan ahead because anytime you plan, you're going to save. So, you know, look at, the, look at your recipes, decide what you're going to have for the week and, you know, how you're going to have your lunches, what you like to snack on, and then go to the grocery store. Because if you just go and you're just randomly buying things, it's going to be very expensive. Um, shop in bulk. Um, so, you know, go to those stores that, that have bulk, and they might be your health food stores, but it's amazing how much cheaper nuts and seeds and things like nutritional yeast flakes are when you're buying them in the bulk section. Use dried beans. I have a new kitchen appliance called an Instant Pot, which I love because I use all dried beans now, which has saved a lot of money. And then buy frozen you know, don't be afraid to go into the frozen section because a lot of people buy fresh and they can't work through all those onions and peppers. 
buy them frozen because they're flash frozen and the nutrient quality of those vegetables is pretty high. So I keep all the basics, you know, onions and peppers and peas and corn and edamame and all of that stocked in my freezer. That keeps, you know, things from going bad. And then buy locally when you can. Go to your farmer's market, join a CSA, um, and, and plan around those vegetables that are in season. I think those are the probably the most effective ways to save money. Great. Well, can you tell me, what is this Instant Pot for cooking beans? I, an Instant Pot is an electric pressure cooker, and I can cook beans from dry. Last night I cooked white beans. It took me about 50 minutes, which is, and then, and then I have a big pot of beans, and I freeze them. So I rinse them and cool them off, and then I just put them in bags. I portion them so they're like a cup and a half, which is what you would get in a can, and then I portion them in freezer bags and line them up in my freezer. So then you have all different kinds of beans. You don't have to worry about the salt and the sodium. Um, and I sometimes will season them, too. I'll add some garlic and maybe some chili powder and different things so they have a nice flavor. They're not just plain. But the Instant Pot is, um, to me, it's a huge savings. It's, it's sort of all the all the chatter in the plant-based world. People are loving their Instant Pots. So uh, it's an electric pressure cooker. It's an uh, electric pressure cooker, yes. And it goes. And we we actually have a promo code through Plant Pure Nation, and I think they're about. I want to say they're about one hundred and twenty-five dollars. They go on sale. I bought mine on Black Friday. Um, I think I'm not sure how much you get off through Plant Pure Nation. I want to think. I think it's like forty dollars. Um, but several people I know. Chef AJ has a promo code. I think Jill McKeever. She does a lot with Instant Pot. Um, she has a promo code. So. Don't pay full price for it is what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> it's a really nice appliance. Okay. Oh, well, that sounds terrific. Uh, okay, now uh, let's get into some of your great recipes because in the Plant for Your Kitchen cookbook, you have a breakfast recipe with chia seed pudding with bananas and strawberries, and that looked fabulous. <laughs> Tell us about some of the recipes you have for breakfast. Yeah, I... I I often don't make big breakfasts unless it's on the weekend, so I love those chia seed breakfast puddings because you can make them the night before. I have a mason jar oatmeal that I make the night before, too. In fact, I always show it to people when I do a cooking class because you can make them ahead, and they'll they'll last for a good three or four days and pull them out for snacks. Um, But I'm kind of a simple breakfast person. I I like those kind of quick and easy mousse on the weekends, we do more tofu scrambles, maybe the little chickpea omelets. Those are kind of fun to make. Um, we do potatoes, but during the week, it's, it's grab and go. Um, mm-hmm. And, and I, I also like to make a lot of homemade bread. So we have bread, too, for breakfast, fruit and bread. Well, your mason jar oatmeal breakfast looks fantastic. I, I had not seen that yet. It's just oats and plant-based milk and maple syrup and vanilla, and then you put your fruit in there. That right, looks and terrific. it has some chia seeds in there that will help thicken it up. And chia seeds, wow. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you make this at night, and then you get up in the morning, and it's there for the next yep. day. Yep, you could pop it in, and you can use frozen fruit if you don't have fresh, and you know, make them ahead of time. They're great for kids if you're on the go. And like when my kids were little, we used to eat, eat breakfast in the van on the way to school. So <laughs> these are these are great uh, on-the-go breakfasts. So you can take them for snacks. 
Um, okay, that's great. Um, now, let's go to the cranberry orange nut bread because I love the breads you have. I've been searching for a good uh, cornbread recipe for years since I left Texas, and I lost all my Texas recipes, and you're, the one in the first book was incredible. So I love that. But now you've got such new recipes for breads that you've got me cooking again out of the new cookbook. So let's mention some of those. Okay, I'll tell you what my two favorite breads are. Um, the first one is the no-need nutty bread. So it's, an, it's a yeast bread. So you have to be home, but you really don't have to put a lot of effort into it. I love that bread. And another one that is not a yeast bread is called beer bread. And I believe there's only about four or five ingredients in the beer bread. And you can use non-alcoholic beer, but it's just got a really nice sort of rustic, um, just a really nice flavor to it. And that uh-huh. is pretty popular. Those are my two go-to, go-to bread recipes when I'm in a hurry. Okay, the beer bread and the nutty, no-need bread. Okay, great. Uh, I got those marked. Now, uh, I tell you, I had to love uh, your carrot dogs. It's such a clever idea. Tell us about that. Aren't those fun? I, you know, there's so many carrot dog recipes all over the web, and they're becoming really popular in the vegan world. So I, I was a little skeptical, and I came up with my own sauce and um my, my my son, who is probably my biggest skeptic, because he'll he, he gets after me telling me that I I don't know what I don't know. He, he said, "When was the last time you had a real hot dog?" Which I I can't I can't even remember. So how do you his thing is how do you replicate something if you're not sure what it tastes like? Well, I can tell you that he loved these carrot dogs. <laughs> oh, good. They tasted so close to the real thing. It had all they absorbed they absorbed that flavor because you marinate them. And then we top them with chili and sauerkraut, onions, all sorts of things. That he was so surprised that we nailed that one. <laughs> he was actually my 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 cookbook photographer, so he was here for every single recipe. And you know, he kind of kind of gave me a hard time here and there, but uh, he was wonderful to work with. Oh, he's done a wonderful job. I really like his work. I was uh, wondering who did such great. Shots for you. I, I got my kids behind me this time. My my daughter, all three of my kids are really good plant-based cooks, but I got my daughter who uh, who works for Plant Pure Nation, and she's a really good cook, and she's all about being economical and fast. And so I, I put her on board, and she wrote a lot of the educational materials in the book, um, and then my son did the photography. So it was a family affair. Oh, good. Well, it shows up. It's just perfect. Well, tell us about your uh, lunchbox recipes. Um, you know, again, Whitney did the, the, the lunchbox uh, page um, because she remembers growing up, and I used to tell the kids when they made their lunches, you have to have three or four components to your, to your lunchbox. Um, so, you know, we did, we did wraps a lot. We did leftover stews and soups. And then there was usually a snacky kind of item, like maybe some edamame or um, baked chips. Sometimes I would bake tortilla chips. And then there was fruit. And once in a while there might be a cookie or a brownie in there if I had found time to, to, to make something sweet. But usually it was those three components to a, to a lunchbox. And they started making their own lunches when they were in middle school. And um, they were healthy. They were really healthy. So I can't say that we always did sandwiches. They, they did a variety of things. But really what I tell people is 
really focus on making enough food the night before that you can have leftovers for lunch. Oh, yes. I'm a big believer in that. Mm-hmm. Well, I I got to say I saved money with your dressing recipes and they're delicious. And so mm-hmm. far my favorites are the tahini and the blue cheese made with tofu. It's funny, those are exactly my favorite ones as well. In fact, um my my father-in-law Colin, he loves that sweet tahini, so I always make it when he comes. But um Yes. Yes. So I love good. the blue cheese dressing too. That that's probably our favorite. Well, now, share some of your favorite entrees with us, please. Oh, well, I love them all because I wouldn't put them in there if I didn't love them, but I'll tell you what some of my favorite recipes are is the uh, pad thai. I love pad thai. Um, I like the the vegetables and the sauce that I use with the tamarind paste. It's just a beautiful sauce. Um, Moussaka, I have a sweet potato moussaka, which is eggplants and lentils. That one takes a little more time, a little more effort, but it makes a, a big pan, and it, 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 the more the more it sits, the more flavor it builds. So, and then fishless sticks, um, kind of like fish sticks. I when I was a little kid, I remember liking fish sticks. So I wanted to come up with something that was, you know, kind of could replicate it. Again, my son said, "Mom, <laughs> when was the last time you had a fish stick?" I haven't forgotten though what they taste like. So. It's actually kind of interesting because we have a we have a Facebook Live every Thursday night at 6:30, and we go live and we we have a cooking class for people to join. And the fish sticks is what we're going to do this Thursday night. Oh, well, let's talk about that Facebook Live um, at 6:30. Is that Eastern Standard Time? It's Eastern Time. It's at 6:30. Mm-hmm. It's every Thursday night. Um, once in a blue moon, we'll miss it. We even did it in a hotel room in Canada one time which was interesting, but we, we sometimes have people come and join us. Um, but we do a cooking. Nelson talks about, you know, all things plant pure and what's going on in the business, and I usually um, create a recipe and we answer questions. You know, people don't have time to go to cooking classes, um, and finding, you know, the financial resources to be able to do that is hard for a lot of people. So I wanted to be able to provide that online. And then we save them. People can go to Plant Pure TV YouTube, and they're all there. So. Oh, you you uh, can you take them off of Facebook and put them on YouTube? Yep, we put them on um, Plant the Plant Pure TV YouTube, and you, you go to videos. We've been doing this since middle of November, I believe. Um, every Thursday night. So last Thursday we had a pizza party. In fact, this Thursday is very special because Dr. Colin will be on with us. So I'm hoping that people will. Uh, Find their get their questions lined up so they can ask them all sorts of good plant-based questions. Oh yeah, we're so lucky to have him. Yeah. Period. He's a marvelous resource. Okay, let's repeat that now so people can find it. It's Plant Pure TV on YouTube. Mhm. And then if they want to watch us live and they want to ask questions, that they go to the Plant Pure Nation Facebook page. We we we're pretty good about going on at just exactly 6:30, and we don't usually go over 30 minutes. Um, but I have a feeling this week may be a little longer since we have Colin coming. Okay. All right, that sounds marvelous. Well, uh, let's close with a great dessert. Let's talk about your cookies and pies in the new Plant Pure Kitchen Cookbook. Okay. Um, well, one of my favorite recipes is the chickpea chocolate chip cookies. 
I love chocolate chip cookies, um, and I tried to make a gluten-free version, one that was a little bit um, lower in sugar. And, uh, you know, nothing in the dessert chapter is what I would call low sugar. That's why we call it dessert. (laughs) Um, But I like those, and I also like the hot fudge sundae cake because my mother used to make that when we were growing up. And so I tried to come up with a healthy version of it, healthier. Uh Yeah. So those are probably my two favorite favorite desserts in the in the cookbook. And and the mom's refrigerated chocolate pie. That's oh my gosh, that's been my favorite for years. But in Texas, we load it up with whipped cream on the top. So that's uh, true. I forgot about that one, Carol. I love that recipe. I forgot that was in there. <laughs> See, you forget where they are. I, I I know that I've made these recipes and can't remember what book I put them in or what website I put them on. But that's a good well, one. That's a good one, yes. It looks fabulous. Oh, thank you so much. So in closing, tell our audience how good they'll feel after being gluten-free, dairy-free, wheat-free, meat and poultry for 30 days. What do you think happens to people? You've been listening to their comments, so tell us. Oh, my gosh. I've heard so many stories. I wish I could sit here and share all of them with you from cancer to diabetes, obesity, everything, heart disease. Um, I just think this is this diet is so important, and you will feel better, um, and you'll feel better quickly. It does. It doesn't happen. It doesn't take months and months to experience the benefits. We proved that in our 10-day jump starts. People start to sleep better. They have more energy. They're losing weight. It it it, it just seems like so many things begin to fall in place. That um, the more I can help people walk in that direction. Um, you know, I, I I love what I do, and I'm passionate about it, and um, I will always be putting out more recipes and educational videos because it's it's just amazing to see how how much better people feel from this from the diet. Yes, well, share with us how people can get online and look at the uh, prepared food and where they can go to buy your cookbooks. Right, you can go to plantpurenation.com. If you go there, you can find the frozen line, and we didn't talk about the dry line, but we do have a dry line where you do part of the cooking, and we provide a lot of the dry bases. And so there's the dry line. We call those plant pure kitchen starters, and then there's the, um, the frozen line. And the cookbooks are both are available. Um, a lot of our educational material materials. Um, you can find everything you need to know by going to plantpurenation.com. I'm sorry, my dog is barking. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> what do you feed the dog? Is he a vegetarian too? Oh, my goodness. He eats what we eat, to tell you the truth, because he's always waiting for his rice and his scraps and things. And He doesn't have onions. I learned that you're not supposed to feed dog on, dogs onions, but he does, he does kind of eat right along with us. And oh, I do great. have a vegan dog food that I give him, so I would say he's plant-based. He's a plant-based dog. That's true. Oh, God. Thank you so much for the work you're doing to improve all of our diets. And we really look forward to talking to you again. Maybe in another year we'll get back and see what you're up to. I would love to. And I'm so glad that you're you're having this experience, Carol, and and enjoying the plant-based lifestyle and getting all the benefits. Oh, I am. I love every bit of it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Claire. Thank you. Oh yes. I really I really appreciated everything I learned today. Thank you so much, Kim and Carol. Okay. Take care. Thanks for having me.
All right. Sure. Lots of good luck to you you both. Thank you. Bye-bye. Now, in its second edition, Carol Dean's popular book, The Art of Film Funding, has 12 new chapters to cover all areas of film financing and how to avoid expensive pitfalls. Learn how to start with an idea and end with a trailer. How to make an ask for money. Create your story structure and your trailer. Legal advice, fair use, successful crowdfunding, how to ask for music rights, and what insurance you can't shoot without. Available on Amazon under Carol Dean and at FromTheHeartProductions.com. I want to remind our listeners that David Raiklin is a brilliant and talented award-winning musician who scores films and can compose music for a trio or for a full orchestra. David is a very good friend to the independent filmmaker and comes highly recommended by From the Heart Productions. If you need music to help tell your story, please contact him at davidraiklin.com. That's David, R-A-I-K-L-E-N dot com. And Carol and I want to thank you for tuning in to The Art of Film Funding. Please visit our website at fromtheheartproductions.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Good luck with your films, everyone. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.